Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Evil, Evil Man. Man. Hey, don't, hey do that. don't do that. This is a very fun podcast <laughs> where me and my friends and my friends and I talk about evil men from throughout the ages of time. We, uh, we uh, talk about and discuss all kinds of different types of evil men throughout history. But also, who cares about that? We're just dinks and we don't care about anything. You don't even have to listen to this. We're just having fun. Whatever. We don't even care about being alive. Yeah, man, we're nuts. And that I'm Chris, and that is James, who doesn't care about being alive. And also we have... Michael, and I just want to say, out of, the, out of all three of us, I'm the one who most... Uh, who asked? Uh, who never asked to be born the hardest? <laughs> I don't care about anything. We don't care. Yeah, <laughs> but this is fun. Number two, I can't believe we've we've made it so far. <laughs> I know. I, know. I, I never would have thought when we started it last week that we'd make it this far. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because when we w- way back when we did the first episode, it's like you got to remember, no one else was doing anything remotely like this and now it's like episode two and it's like people are all kind of doing the same kind of thing it's crazy yeah i know all I, of we revolutionized you... podcasts yeah all of a sudden everybody has a podcast and when we started you know it was like us marin rogan rogan needs rogaine if you ask me oh and to be honest yes. so do i can you guys see on the webcam now when i say the word webcam uh i want you to know that i'm i am wearing pants my hands are fully visible nothing Mm funny is going on but can you see the sty on my right eye i've had a sty on my eye Mm -hmm. for the past month and i've been taking ointment droplets antibiotics and it has they haven't done anything styes are evil it's absolutely insane you say this, and I did not know you had a sty. I just got a sty in Whoa. my left eye. We're sty brothers. <clears throat> That's actually kind of cool. Very if hate only to say it this wasn't because co- if only it wasn't COVID, we could go to a bar and you know yeah. it'd be a great way to meet people, pick oh, up no. some girls because we'd be two yeah. guys with styes, and yeah, it'd be great. It would be something to bring up. Like, yeah, we're the two sty guys. Uh, can we buy you a drink? We both have a sty. We're you know. Yeah, yeah. We're two friends with a sty in our eye, and we were wondering if you two friends had any kind of gross thing on your face that uh, <laughs> like bonds you two together. I think that you guys should walk into the bar with your sty eyes pressed together. Oh, so like, yeah. It's like the two styes are friends hanging out. Well, we we probably have to keep it going because it would kind of be our branding. So we probably That's would have to smush our eyes together, you know, in the bathroom. Yeah. Our yeah. good friend Glenn McCauley also has a bad sty in his eye right now. <laughs> I saw him last week, so we really have to talk about what the hell is going on here with all these men's <laughs> eyes. You know what? This is something that I feel very strongly about. Until it happened to me, I didn't know that men were suffering in silence with their styes. And I think it's important these days for more men to open up and talk about this and not just suffer alone, you know? This isn't the 1950s. You're not a tough guy for... Sitting there with your sty and just, you know, dealing with it's it. It's true. Drinking your whiskey and telling everyone to shut up. Yeah. The thing is, is uh, I'm going to be honest here now because I feel great that I don't have a sty on my eye. And, uh, but I also feel uh, alienated now. But I want to say that earlier this year, no kidding, I, I, I was also a man with a sty. Shit. It's gone What's now. Yeah, on? but I really did have that. Well, should we get... Now that we've got all this eye talk out of the way... Um, should I bring up this week's subject in Evil Men? Yes, I'm excited. Yes, please. All right. I don't know if he has a sty, but uh, here, here he goes. So last week we started off, we kicked off this exciting new podcast with uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. James, you chose Jeffrey Dahmer, the notorious serial killer, sex criminal, and cannibal. And turns out uh, chocolate factory worker, uh, army man, and uh, what Tennis else Tennis enthusiast. Tennis enthusiast. And this week's subject is up to me, and I you know I, I, there was a lot of people I thought we could cover this week, and I thought should I do something you know more lighthearted? We did Jeffrey Dahmer, and I thought oh heck, let's keep going down this dark tunnel into the heart of darkness, 
And this week's subject is just as, if not more diabolical than Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm talking about, of course, none other than Gargamel. Okay. Yes. You guys remember, you, you, not to be all nostalgic, but you, most people, you guys are with it. You guys, <laughs> you guys know the basics about Gargamel from the Smurfs. Gargamel, right? the bad guy from the Smurfs. Yeah. Truthfully, I have only really vague memories of what the Smurfs are and, and watching the show, but I remember a bald, cloaked old yes. man uh, yes. skulking around. And that's mm-hmm. Gargamel. So you're a little bit younger than us, James, but surely mm-hmm. you, you like the, the Smurfs aren't like, it's not like vaudeville. It's not like something you only heard about from old black and white <laughs> No, films. no, I definitely watched the Smurfs, but it's in the mists of my memory. You mean you haven't gone back and revisited no, but I will. <laughs> um, if you're not aware, I'm just going to give a, a brief sort of uh, description of Gargamel for people who don't know. He's one of the great cartoon villains. He is an evil wizard. He, li- he lives in a castle mm-hmm. on the outer edge of Smurf Forest with his cat, Azrael. Curious name for a cat. We're going to get into that afterwards. He doesn't mm-hmm. know where Smurf Village is. This is a, a continual, continuous like frustrating thing for Gargamel. He is mm-hmm. the arch enemy of the Smurfs. Um, he is a perpetually stupid man. And he can't man. find their town. He yeah, which is weird because when you watch the show as a kid, you're perplexed because you're like, it's right over there. Gargamel's definitely the kind of guy who wouldn't ask for directions when he's lost. Yes. <laughs> right. So Gargamel, uh, yeah, he wears a dark robe. It's worn and patched and his teeth are rotten. He here's the thing with Gargamel. He hates the Smurfs and he wants to do one of three things to the Smurfs. He wants to either eat them, eliminate them, or turn them into gold. And it depends from episode to episode what he wants to do with the Smurfs because he's basically sometimes he's an alchemist and he wants to he needs them for a spell to make gold, right? Mhm. So he wants to turn the Smurfs into gold. Like yes, mm-hmm. golden Smurfs or no, into coins just- somehow. I think just the raw, like, gold, like, ore or something. Gold okay. metal so, bars. So is there ever a point in any of the Smurf story where we see Gargamel, like, in some sort of village, not, like, affording what he truly wants to purchase? <laughs> right. Like, is there a motivation to needing the gold? Yeah. Is he poor guy? I, I don't know. Is Gargamel poor? <laughs> <laughs> How much for that hat? <laughs> Gargamel. Oh, if I only had more gold. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll Just, turn you all into gold. And then in his mind, he's wearing the fanciest hat you've ever seen. <laughs> he's wearing like a trucker, a really expensive uh, trucker hat that's like really... Hipster Gargamel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ovo, like the Drake owl symbol is on the hat. <laughs> um, just to finish up here, uh, despite his evil designs, he isn't a particularly good wizard. He's never actually been caught on camera eating a Smurf or turning one into gold. And the name Gargamel is derived, some say, from the... French writer Rabelais' classic Gargantua and Pant- Pantagruel, where the giantess Gargamel is the mother of Gargantua. Isn't that interesting? That's really intelligent <laughs> uh, reference for uh, a stupid cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know like what I named Gargamel off of in the uh, Smurfs cartoon that your kids watch while they spill Lucky Charms all over their pajamas? <laughs> I named it after some shitty play I love. <laughs> um, let's move on to Gargamel's crimes. I've, I've mentioned a few wow. things. He, he hates the Smurfs. First of all, he's rude. He's homicidal. He wants to kill them. Uh, he practices black magic, which is not good. Mm-hmm. A few other times I, I read he has threatened to burn the Smurf's dog, who's named Puppy, alive. And he's also threatened to harm Baby Smurf, which is pretty dark for a, for a cartoon. He's threatened to burn his dog alive? No, the Smurf's dog. Oh, who they called mm-hmm. Puppy. That's not yeah. a great name for a dog. Um, wow, and he threatened mm-hmm. to eat the baby. Well, he threatened, he threatened to harm the baby. Harm the baby. But he mm. wants to eat Smurfs. He wants to eat all Smurfs. So, 
That's evil as hell. Yeah. Wow. Well, I also like what do Smurfs like? Smurfs are like they walk around, they talk, they joke, they have the capability of making practical jokes. They bake cakes. Um, One is handsome. It's like you're gonna pick one of these things up that can intelligently express itself to you and talk to you and just eat it. (laughs) Like even if you're super (laughs) poor and you have no gold. I understand eating a rat because you can pick up a rat and a rat doesn't go like, now, wait a minute. Have you ever heard this joke about, uh, (laughs) you know, but if you pick up something that's like, I am very, very small, but I can communicate just like you, you still want to continue eating that thing? It's true. Like we wouldn't be eating chickens if they were like, uh, no, Chris, don't please. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I have a wife and kids. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i have a papa that's looking for me <laughs> well i think i guess i mean i hear what you're saying chris and i agree and i guess that just goes to show how how bad of a guy gargamel is right i just have to say gargamel is very close to being having the same evilness as jeffrey dahmer well yeah so far yeah mike are you gonna get into to breaking down the smurfs to a degree too because i don't know what to I mean, about them I'll get into it in a in a little bit. Um, okay. I'm just going to uh, finish off here some of Gargamel's his crimes, and you might be surprised. Maybe you know this. Gargamel created Smurfette. Smurfette is not a natural Smurf. He Whoa. created Smurfette from a uh, lump of blue clay, and he wanted to use her to charm the other Smurfs and make them jealous and make them compete with each other to destroy them. And he, he just he bet that they'd be so horny. That that she would undo their society. That is just like so wrong, dude. <laughs> yeah. So Gargamel tried to make a sexy woman to destroy these men. Yes. It's kind of an argument for uh, you know, all boys school. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or like uh NBA, all boys. Yeah, true. If a girl started joined an NBA team, the rest of the players would have boners and they'd be writhing around on the court. They'd all start punching each other. (laughs) (laughs) I like her. No, I like her. (laughs) Watch this. They all just take turns trying to slam dunk in front of her. Um, So it's kind of an Adam and Eve thing going on, it feels like. Yes. Um, But did he accidentally create his own, the other Smurfs? No, they existed already. Mm-hmm. In the Smurf Village, where he didn't know how to find it. And then he <laughs> Do you like being pressed on these details, Mike? <laughs> yes. <laughs> May I mention, though, Papa Smurf later transformed Smurfette into a real Smurf after they had sort of, like, found out about, about like, her origins coming from Gargamel's mm-hmm. uh, castle. I wonder uh, if there... Is there an episode in the Smurfs, since you know everything about the Smurfs, Mike? Um... <laughs> Is there an episode of the Smurfs where Papa Smurf uses his magic to create a giant sexy woman to lure Gargamel away? (laughs) I would love that episode. Well, not that I have come across, but I will say I did find out this about Gargamel's love life, maybe his sex life. Gargamel was once engaged to be married to a woman named Andrea. However... It soon uh, came to light that he was only interested in a map that led to Smurf Village that Andrea had in her hope chest, and when she found out, the marriage was called off. <laughs> Wait, That's what did she brutal. find in her in her hope chest? Well, she, Gargamel knew that this woman had a map of Smurf Village in her hope yeah. chest, and that's all he wanted. Yeah, he didn't even, he, he didn't, didn't care about her as a person. And when or she as dis- a sex object. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the guy... I'm just going to say this. I don't think Gargamel fucks. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't lives have alone. big dick energy. <laughs> he doesn't. No, he lives alone in this little shack in the woods, cursing about uh, little blue, almost like uh, fairy-like creatures to his cat. Um... <laughs> If any real woman stumbled upon this guy even by accident, she wouldn't see uh, red flags in like two seconds. <laughs> you know those 
You know those things on Twitter where it's like uh, a woman will tweet like, you go home with a guy and you see his apartment looks like this. You know, what would you do? And it's like, you know, a chair in front of a big screen, like a a TV and there's nothing else. It's like very bare, like those male living spaces. Yeah. It'd be funny to have a picture of Gargamel's castle. And it's like, you go home with Gargamel and you see his home looks like this. What do you well, do? Because, yeah, because yeah, I, love- I could- I could see being out at dinner with Gargamel and he'd be charming. He's kind of, you know, he's good looking. He seems very well socially adjusted. And then you go back to his castle and you're going, oh, maybe he's weird. Yeah, maybe this is why he's still single. I should have known. Yes! I love the idea of like a woman just stumbling across his abode while foraging in the woods by accident. You know, and uh, she's like, oh, excuse me, sir. (laughs) I didn't didn't know anyone was living out here. And Gargamel is instantly like, have you heard of Smurfs? <laughs> it's like, mm, get out of there, miss. Um, my girlfriend's calling me and uh, I forgot we're supposed to meet for coffee. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I actually. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm actually getting. I got a text. I forgot. I had a thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now, in my Gargamel research, I've uncovered some things about his sort of his childhood and his in his past that maybe explain why he became so evil. Would you guys like to hear mm. some of these things that sort of give us a a better, more like three dimensional look at who Gargamel is as a person? That I always like trying to learn if there's any way we could empathize or understand where these psychopaths are coming from. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? Did you know that Gargamel's birthday is on Halloween? (laughs) (laughs) Gargamel's birthday is on Halloween, and he really resents this because that means that no one ever wishes him well or gives him a birthday gift because people are too focused on Halloween. So, Is that in the original conception of what the smurfs are about or did someone just make that up years later i think it was you know it was sort of teased out in one of the (laughs) seasons of the of the cartoon i'm sure it wasn't like the in the pilot (laughs) (laughs) you know azrael i hate halloween (laughs) because it's my birthday (laughs) i thought maybe like you know how like when the original Star Wars trilogy was done, that was it. And it was all wrapped up and nobody knew anything other Star Wars was coming. And so there were all these like continuous like sort of uh, books that were in the Star Wars canon that were like, you know, different writers created. I thought maybe like post Smurfs cartoon, there were Smurfs books books that like established all these other connecting legends to the original Smurfs cartoon because that sounds like the dumbest thing to make up ever when you when you brought up Star Wars did you bring up Star Wars or Star Trek I thought I, I meant to say Star Wars if I said yeah, Star Trek by accident I thought you were going to yeah. say like in Star that's like how in Star Wars uh, Darth Vader's birthday is Halloween <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was if you're born on Halloween you're gonna be on the dark side I'm just picturing back in like the 19, I don't know, 40s, there's like the Smurfs writer's room and these guys have been up all night and there's just cigarette butts everywhere and they have a whiteboard that just says, what day is Gargamel's birthday? And they're going day by day trying to pick. (laughs) What about April Fool's? (laughs) Yeah. No, no. You would be mad if everyone was pulling pranks on your birthday. (laughs) Let me, uh, let's, let's think about it. Um, was it created in the 40s? So the Smurfs were created by a Belgian cartoonist uh, named nicknamed Peyo, P-E-Y-O. He's a Belgian cartoonist who uh, came up with the Smurfs after World War II. They originally were seen in 1958. I'm pretty okay. ignorant. So what? Where did uh, what happened to Belgium during World War II? Were they occupied or were absolutely they occupied the by the Nazis? Yes. Ah, okay. So the young Peo, who was a, a <laughs> aspiring cartoonist, he Peo Pe <laughs> me say Pe. <laughs> <laughs> Peo, come and me wanna go. <laughs> Peo, come and the Smurfs are born. <laughs> 
So Peo, uh, he was a young man in Nazi-occupied Belgium, and he got work as a projectionist in the local cinema where he had to screen Nazi propaganda films to the audience. And um, here we go. And during that time, I guess he uh, he dreamed up those little blue men that we all know and love. <laughs> so little blue men in all the same uniform, matching uniforms, <laughs> marching together throughout their village in their perfect village. And they're in love with a, uh, a woman with blonde hair. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, but yes, it was uh, created in the, in the, I guess... The mid fifties, they first were published as comics in the in nineteen fifty eight, and where was I going? What was the question about? Oh, Peo? just when the, it did actually originate. <clears throat> yes, because so, you said you pictured the writers' room in the forties, and I just thought I didn't know it was that old. No, no, no. So it's a decade after I, I thought. Um, but yes, uh, I'm, just, get, I'm just fact checking your riff. <laughs> I'll get more into. <laughs> Um, the potential influence of, of Nazis on the Smurfs in a little bit, but I'd just like to uh, continue with Gargamel's biography here. Yes. He has a notorious, uh, difficult relationship with his mother, who treats him mm. badly and is ashamed of him because he flunked out of wizard school as a young man. So this is a guy who feels like a failure. Wow. Well, to be honest, I'm really appreciating it. How fully fleshed out his backstory is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like, how deep does it go? Do you find out about his mom's life, too? I think she just, uh, she visits occasionally from, you know, like once or twice a season and gives him a hard time. Hmm. And, you know. Well, they always say, if you want to know how a man really is, see how he is with his mother. And right. you know what? I feel like. Uh, I have a very kind of, uh, she means well, but she can be a bit domineering uh, mother myself. And I do sometimes think that I have an eating problem. <laughs> I want to eat delicious little things that crack jokes in my hand. And yeah, I like eating little treats. I like to go. <laughs> in the, and I'm often found wandering in the forest looking for a secret supposed village full of treats. <laughs> Talk to your therapist, Chris. You run That's into my like advice hikers. To you. I yeah. will. You run into hikers. Hey, how's it going? Oh, not bad. Just <laughs> is there like a treat area out here? <laughs> I heard there's a secret village full of Indian rotis that can talk. <laughs> Jamaican beef patties. <laughs> um, yeah. Gargamel, uh, it has been recorded on a few episodes that he feels insecure about his looks. And I sent you guys just a picture in the chat here of Gargamel. We all know what he looks yeah. like, but just to mm -hmm. refresh your memory. Yeah. And in one episode, he claims that no one, this is heartbreaking, no one has ever told him that they love him. This is a children's cartoon. Oh. This is huge, man. Yeah. No one has ever told him that they love him. Wow, that's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not a hot guy. I can see why he's insecure <laughs> about his looks. But, you know, you'd think he'd find a similar, you know, a woman at his level of attractiveness well, and they could be happy. Yeah. That was a conscious decision by Peo, too. Peo had to be like, I wonder if he was originally designing him to be hot and then he thought... No, it might, mm. uh, might actually work to gain the sympathies more for Gargamel. I just sent you guys in the chat a picture of young mm. Gargamel, and it's him on the right. If you see there, he's with a friend, and he's actually not, he's not too bad looking as a youngster. He's still wearing a huh. filthy black cloak, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. For some reason, my uh, chat's not connecting, but I'll... <laughs> I'll take your word on it. So, young Gargamel looked a bit better, but yeah. still, still had the sort of lonely wizard vibe. Yeah. But the one that you showed me, Mike, is still the description that you said at the beginning. He's bald. Mm -hmm. He's hunched over. He's walking like a creep, and he mm -hmm. has a long black cloak on. What the hell does he look like as he's older? Because that's a terrible picture. He looks terrible. Oh, sorry. Are you talking about the 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 one I just sent of the young Gargamel? Yeah. Yeah. 
I thought. Oh, it'd be fun. It'd be funny if there had been a spin-off. He's still bald, or- right? He's bald, right? No. The, the one I sent, he's young. He's got a nice, thick, full head of hair. Wow. Oh, I'll- then no, I didn't get that one. Oh, okay. Maybe It'd be I'll funny if there out. was a spinoff of like Gargamel <laughs> moving to California and like becoming, you know, straightening his posture, getting a tan, mm-hmm. learning to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gargamel Hot on Gargamel. Hinge. Gargamel on Tinder. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like he has to excuse himself to go into the bathroom of the restaurant on his date and talk to himself in the mirror about reminding himself not to bring up the smirk. <laughs> yeah. Remember, ask her what she does for a living. Ask her what movie she likes. Don't bring up the smurfs. <laughs> yeah. And uh sometimes when he's walking around uh Santa Monica Pier, he thinks he sees some smurfs <laughs> on the boardwalk and he has to do a double take and then they remember that he's in California now, okay? Yeah. It's a different he's starting over again. He's on a date and the woman's like, um, oh, sorry, I'm late. I always, uh, I'm always getting lost. He's like, oh, speaking of getting lost, there's these little blue men in the, oh, shit. Yeah. Little blue men and <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Gargamel would probably freak out and, and scream and, and probably faint if he ever went to see a performance by the blue man group because he's used to Smurfs being little tiny guys and there are these great big muscular men suddenly banging on garbage. Well, that brings up a a great image. I love the idea of like huge muscular, uh, like six foot four mega muscular Smurfs, all blue with white hats on all ganging up on him and just uh, beating him into a pulp in the middle of the woods. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun to see. Don't you guys feel like the Blue Man group were kind of like pervert characters? <laughs> like, couldn't you imagine? Like, they're these weird blue buff guys that can't talk. Don't you feel like they'd pull mm-hmm. their, their dicks out and be like, ooh, ooh, like look at it like, you know, you know what I mean? Almost like a bug or an animal would look at its penis. Yeah, they'd act like it's interesting and like... <laughs> yes! Almost like how a clown act would perform with their penis. Yes, yes, but the mm-hmm. yeah. They have some kind of like, you know, overt sexuality, the blue men, the blue men I think. Yeah, they would mime like, is this a phone? Is this a banana? Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they'd <laughs> meanwhile get away with rubbing it on your leg like you're at some sort of weird <laughs> bachelorette yes, party. <laughs> Um, why is there a blue streak on your pants? Oh, shit. That, uh, I was hanging out with these yeah. guys earlier. <laughs> yeah, Candace uh, got the, did this blue man thing for my bachelorette. That got weird. <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, they're just, they're innocent. They just, they're just intrigued by everything. Yeah, like when their dicks started coming, they acted pretty surprised. <laughs> talking to someone who who told me that they had a whatever someone i know had had a friend who had auditioned to be in the blue man group and just to reiterate that job is it involves painting yourself blue and banging on garbage <laughs> and this person had a friend who auditioned to be in the blue man group and didn't get the job <laughs> <laughs> that's the best i would lo- i love the idea of watching <clears throat> a blue man group show at a theater and then all of a sudden, a giant Gargamel-type character comes, breaks into the theater and eats those blue man groups. Yeah, during their performance. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. Puts hot sauce on them. So it's time to address a, a sort of darker aspect of Gargamel. Um, I think, James, you brought up before, maybe it was you, Chris, the, uh, the Nazi overtones in the Smurfs. Yeah, I think in- we've all heard of that. In 2011, a uh, French political scientist published a a book called The Little Blue Book, A Critical and Political Analysis of the Smurf Society. And in the book, he argued that Gargamel was an anti-Semitic caricature of a Jewish man. And if you think about it, it's it's not uh, too much of a stretch. I mean, Gargamel looks sort of like a racist stereotype of of like a Jewish man that you would see like in the Nazi propaganda. 
Uh, he, he is desirous to destroy the Smurfs, who are this sort of like efficient society, and he wants to turn them into gold, right? He's obsessed with money, <laughs> and he has a cat named Azriel, which is uh, the Hebrew name for the angel of death. And also sounds like <laughs> Israel. It sounds very similar to Israel. <laughs> Angel of my, Death. My favorite song by Slayer. Well, that well, is Mike. creepy. And so what are... Mm. Are there Smurfs like the Aryan race? <laughs> the book, yeah, the book does argue that the Smurfs are sort of Aryan. Obviously, they are... Uh, it's like sort of... They're depicted as this pure... Hardworking, very efficient society, um, mm. and they all love this blonde woman. But the book also compares the Smurfs to a communist society, so it gets a little mm-hmm. bit confusing. And then the the guy's argument starts to go off the rails because it's you know, yeah, it's contradictory. It can't be everything all at once, guy. Yeah, come on, it can't be everything that you're obsessed about, guy. I think the Smurfs <laughs> are like. I don't yeah I could I think Gargamel definitely stands out from like he if you the racist overtones you can see pretty clearly but when it comes to uh, identifying what the Smurfs village and the Smurfs represent um I feel like that is more like a Rorschach test you take your own interpretation from those guys Whoa you just sent me the okay I got the pics Yeah the we're, young we're, we're looking at some pretty hot Gargamel pics in our chat yeah. here, listeners. But um, I sent a picture of just for comparison some uh, some very uh, hateful drawings from the '30s of mm. uh, Jewish stereotypes, and you got to think that a young Peo, of course, the creator of the Smurfs, he was probably mm. inundated with these images as a young man traipsing around Belgium, you know, or, or screening those projecting films. those films nonstop. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well. Um, so he was like watching all this Nazi propaganda, went home, went to sleep, <laughs> woke up the next day and said, I have an idea. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, okay, I can see it. When you actually find out that he was a film project- projectionist in occupied Belgium, what else can, where else can you go? That's when the wheels start turning. And you think, what's what's going on <laughs> in Peo's mind? Um, now, there's no, like, I, I did try and find any, you know, actual concrete evidence that Peo was, you know, where, where what his politics were or whatever. He never was a uh, out-and-out Nazi or racist or he didn't in interviews say anything weird. But I think the work speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. It's a little. Uh, it's definitely a little. A little suspect. <laughs> <clears throat> Although, who knows? It's maybe not a great... Gargamel. Maybe he's Irish. Maybe Gargamel is uh, Italian. We don't yeah. know what religion he is. Certainly, he seems that's very Jamaican true to me. He could be Jamaican. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think that. How okay? But what are his arguments for the Smurfs being communist society? They get along, care um, about each other, work together. The book points out that the Smurfs live in a world where private initiative is rarely rewarded. Meals are all taken together in a communal room. There is one leader, and the Smurfs rarely leave their small country, and the guy compares Papa Smurf to Stalin, and uh, he compares Brainy Smurf to Trotsky. <laughs> <laughs> the Smurfs and- seem like the people in Midsummer. That movie. Right. You know? Totally, yeah. I would say they're more of like a pagan society more than anything. Mm. Um, Mike, I found out yesterday that um, in, in terms of the, uh, you know, strange Jewish connection, uh, or the, the idea that it's a negative stereotype, uh, Gargamel, um, Peo's partner, Yvonne Del Porte, uh, who worked on the Smurfs with him, had a Jewish wife. I wonder if that ever came up. <laughs> that must have been awkward when the two couples went out for dinner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Gargamel. Interesting. Hmm. Apparently, yep. well, I did my research yesterday, too, and I read an article about how Peo would not pass the salt to his partner's wife <laughs> at a dinner table. <laughs>
Okay, listen to this though. You know what always has bugged me about the Smurfs? Um, go on. This isn't Gargamel related. This is actually like Smurf Village related. It kind of pisses me off. It's okay. They're supposed to be <laughs> thanks. <laughs> They're supposed to be three apples high, right? Yeah. But oh, they I, live in I, yeah. What, James? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Why? That, why is it so specifically three apples? I, I think it might even be in the intro song. I don't know. They're three apples high. No, I don't know. But like, <laughs> I've heard them described as yeah. Like when you read about the Smurfs, it's like they're these little blue creatures who are three apples high. But they're they have these huge houses made out of mushrooms. What mushrooms is a three apple high? being going into and living with that much space hmm. especially in today's market three apples high is pretty big when it's you huge. look at the smurfs with your eye they don't look freaking three apples high i think that's a mis uh misinformation the size the scale doesn't match up it's bothering me so are you think does that mean that the the mushrooms would have to be gigantic maybe that's they, what i'm saying maybe Smurf of course Village. and then a gargamel can't find them yeah and then you got these gigantic, what are they called? I almost called it a marshmallow. A mushroom house. <laughs> Maybe Smurf Village is in Chernobyl, where all the vegetation is gigantic because of all the radiation. Who? I mean, who knows? I dare not go over there. <laughs> Gargamel's actually afraid of radiation. <laughs> Gee, brainy Smurf, you look mutated. Imagine in the HBO show Chernobyl, like there is a side, like a B plot of Gargamel uh, <laughs> skulking around the plant. The first episode of Chernobyl, like, actually gave me trauma. It was so intense. The only, like, when you're watching the meltdown and you're watching all those rescue workers not really getting the severity of what's happening at the yeah. nuclear power plant. But the only thing that got me through that episode was every now and then you could see little blue Smurfs bouncing around <laughs> inside the reactor. Yeah. yeah, it was an odd choice by the director, but it worked. Yeah, so I think you're totally right. Those are Chernobyl's shrooms houses. Well, what I'm kind of shroom for, homes. We, we all know about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC Cinematic Universe. I love that there is a Smurfs chernobyl cinematic universe that they're trying to get started here with that show yeah that was cool like my favorite uh like smurfs movie was smurf origins and it shows them coming out of the reactor in chernobyl (laughs) and what's the name mike of the act the northern irish actor from chernobyl you know what I'm talking about? The main the main guy who... Uh, oh, you know what? I haven't seen the oh. series. I don't know. Is it oh, Liam shit. Neeson? No, but you'd, you'd know who he was. But anyway, Van I Morrison. heard he's going to be in the, car- the, the uh, new cartoon. <laughs> now, Chris, you mentioned the Smurfs movie. Did either of you ever see the Smurfs and the Magic Flute, which was a theatrically released movie in like the 80s? No. Oh, I think I did, but I don't remember it, but I... I remember it being a big deal when I was a kid. Oh, it was huge. It was like uh, damn Beatlemania for uh, for men of our age. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was, yeah, it First was there was the Beatles. I- <laughs> then there was the Smurfs and the Magic Flute. <laughs> yeah. I, I went to go see it with my brother and my, my grandmother took us to the theater. And I remember that we were excited to see it because, you know, we love the Smurfs. And then my brother and I were like, the movie started playing, and we were like, hold on, the voices of the Smurfs, these aren't the same voices from the TV cartoon. These are like different actors doing like Papa Smurf, Brainy Smurf, uh, you know, Hefty Smurf. And so even at like a young age, we were like, this is not, this isn't good. This is not legit. I don't think so. We, we sort of <laughs> tuned out the movie. Right. Michael J. Fox was handsome Smurf. Um... Liam Neeson was Papa Smurf. Christopher Lloyd was... Pa- oh, who was Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. A young Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise was Smurfette. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a Smurf so- with a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> That's like how, like, when remember when Masters of the Universe movie came out? And I was, yes. like, still a He-Man fan at that time. And Masters of the Universe movie was like a hunk of shit. Nowhere near being related to the Masters of the Universe. Yeah. And even in the cartoon. movie, 
on the TV show, Prince Adam would hold up the sword and turn to He-Man saying, I have the power. But in the movie, yeah. he just pulled up like an old, va- like a broken part of a vacuum cleaner and said, oh, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, remember you were saying, remember we were saying the Smurfs were like the Beatles? Be yes. funny if like, you know, when the Beatles made their American debut, it was on Ed Sullivan, like uh, the Beatles. And then every- all these, you know, teenagers are going crazy. It'd yeah. be funny if in like the 80s, the on Johnny Carson, he was like, oh, and now for the first time in America, the Smurfs, and it's all these forty-year-old men screaming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know what? Thinking of the Smurfs being <laughs> being like a musical act with screaming fans reminds me. I totally forgot this. I don't know how. What did you guys? Did your parents get you gifts or like uh, rewards for like potty training successfully? <laughs> Yeah, I gotta be honest. I don't remember, <laughs> but maybe I, I did. Um, if I was pooing on the potty, my parents would place a hot slice of pepperoni pizza right into my hands <laughs> and say, "Good boy, son. Don't wash your hands before eating this. <laughs> yeah, eat it quick before you have to wipe your bum." <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I remember getting a Smurfs album. As a sort of reward for potty training. How the, like, when the hell did you potty train? How do you remember that? I, I mean, I guess my parents told me as I got older they, to okay. remind me. Right. Um, it was, it seemed to, I think it had the Smurfs faces in Mount Rushmore or something. Anyway, it was a record. Oh, wicked. Uh, if you're a little younger than me, I'm, I'm sure I sound like old grandpa talking about being no. a child taking a dump and getting a vinyl record as a <laughs> And that began your love of music. Yeah. So from a young age, I associated taking a shit with, with the Smurfs. <laughs> and Mike, you have a great stomach, don't you? We've talked about this. You never have problems with your stomach. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Very nice. interesting. Good constitution. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a list here of some of the Smurf, Smurf names from well-known to lesser-known. I oh, could go, be, Can go I just tell Mike one thing? Please. First time I ever uh, puked, my parents gave me a <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks cassette. <laughs> Son, you're a man now. <laughs> Alvin. <laughs> now when I ever, whenever I hear, yeah, whenever I hear Dave yell Alvin, I can smell puke in a rug. Oh my God, Chris, you sent Mike and I yesterday a message. Do you remember you sent us a rude cartoon of the three chipmunks? Do you remember this? No, yeah. I didn't send that. I think you I did. sent that. I oh, said Mike said it. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Mike said it is a rude cartoon of the three chipmunks. This is a little stuff. peek behind the curtain. When we're not podcasting, we do stay in touch. We have uh, several message threads over several, several different platforms. <laughs> and yeah, we're not on TikTok, but we're on everything else. And I did send that. Uh, you can find it on Twitter. You can find it online. It's a, uh, I guess, some sort of <laughs> deviant art, fan art of uh, it would- Alvin the Chipmunks, Simon, Alvin, Theodore, and they're being, uh, basically, they're receiving oral sex from the Chipettes. <laughs> Maybe this is a good time to tell our listeners, hey, after this episode, if you've been really enjoyed it, go online and search for uh, dirty versions of, of cartoons of Gargamel doing stuff. <laughs> oh, there's got to be a lot of Smurf porn, isn't there, probably? Well, I Gargamel, mean, or- like we were saying, is so hard up. Obviously, some fans have drawn, have had to have drawn him or illustrated him like getting some, right? Yeah. Out of like mercy, yeah. You know now guy, I'm now uh, I'm picturing Gargamel getting it on with the chipmunks. Oh God! Well, you know that's a mixing of <laughs> uh, the different cartoon universes, which brings up: Are you guys familiar with that, that thing from like 1990, the the uh, cartoon All Stars to the Rescue, which was <laughs> it was a sort of super jam of cartoon characters from like super Disney. Jam. Like Disney, Warner Brothers, Hanna Barbera. Oh, that's so sick. It was like a, a say no to drugs oh, cartoon nice. propaganda special that all the networks aired. They put their differences aside. It was introduced by President Bush and Barbara Bush, and that's it was nice. introduced yeah, by 
leaders from every country where it aired. So in Canada, it was introduced by Brian Mulroney. The Queen of England did an introduction for Are it you in, kidding me? In the UK. Look it up, James. And this had characters like Winnie the Pooh, the Muppet Babies, mm-hmm. Huey, Louie, and Dewey, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Garfield, Alf, and the Smurfs. And the whole thing, it was like a story about a kid who got into marijuana. And, oh and then all the cartoons came to the rescue to to sort of persuade him not to smoke marijuana and crack. Mm-hmm. And there was a puff of, of drug smoke that was a character voiced by George C. Scott. Holy crap. I kidding? do remember that because I remember not long after, I as a kid walking home from school, I turned down the wrong alleyway and a guy goes, hey, kid, you want to get high? <laughs> and I said... Uh, I, I, I better not be, because all of my favorite cartoon characters told me I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. But then That's cool. not long after that, I watched Fritz the Cat and then I, uh, everything went to shit. I like how they go for, like, they just include marijuana and crack. Yes. The two main options you're presented with when you're a 16 year old. Uh, hey kid, you want some crack? <laughs> no, I'll just do some marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is literally going like, don't, don't. I can't do his voice, but like, don't smoke some crack. Um, <laughs> oh, bother. Oh. Don't smoke. Don't smoke crack. My butt is stuck in a crack hole. <laughs> Alpha's like, well, don't smoke crack. Willie smoked crack and look how he turned out. <laughs> But um, if you, <laughs> that's if you, actually true. It is true. Max right. But he, whoever you, got Max right into crack is an evil man. Yeah. Oh, okay. from Alf. Yes. Yeah. He was Willie. But <laughs> if you watch clips of the cartoon All Stars to the Rescue, so it was an ad, it was like a clear piece of propaganda to dissuade kids from doing drugs. Yet it could not look more hallucinatory because you've got all these <laughs> characters from different worlds who are singing to a kid in these bright colors, and the drugs <laughs> look very cool. And it, I, I think it does the opposite job of, of what it was intending. Was Garfield there going like, hey, man, don't smoke <laughs> weed. <laughs> yeah, Garfield's basically Tommy Chong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, this Halloween, Odie, we're going to get candy, 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 candy. Because we're, so, we're so high. There's a song called There's a Zillion Ways to Say No, or A Million Ways to Say No, that begins with Huey, Louie, and Dewey singing. And if you watch it, it is, it's incomprehensible to discern what the characters are singing because their voices are so distorted. <laughs> yeah, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, like, I just kind of got my daughter into DuckTales because she likes uh, the old Disney cartoons. Mm-hmm. And uh, their voices are excruciating. Because hmm. they're high-pitched and, like, Ducky. garbled. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, hey, Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> I Dr. found the clocks. <laughs> My I name found is the gold coin. Do you want it? <laughs> My name is Michael. Uh, I am auditioning for the role of Dewey. Okay. Can I go? Okay. <laughs> Hi, Chris Locke, and I'm uh, going for the role of Louie. What's that? It's Huey. Oh, well, I didn't prepare. Okay. <laughs> Uh, do you have sides for Huey? Okay, great. Thank you. Can you feed us and look after us? Oh, I have to look after my boys. Hey, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Give me some gold. Isn't that how he talks? How about this, guys? How does Scrooge Uh, McDuck talk? He sounds almost like Sean Connery. My name is, uh, (laughs) hello, my name is Michael Balazzo. Uh, I'm here to audition for Uncle Scrooge. And just before we begin, he's, uh, I didn't bring my reading glasses, but he's Swedish, right? (laughs) No? Oh. (laughs) Hi, I'm Chris Locke, and I'm here to read for Gargamel. I don't understand why I got booked. I did the same voice that I got booked on DuckTales with. 
<laughs> Gargamel. Woohoo. <laughs> Don't you think that there's going to be a, like a very gritty, dark Gargamel Origins movie like they did with Joker, like they do with everything? Yeah, I hope so. You know, a young, handsome Gargamel, then he something awful happens to him, and then he becomes the awful wizard that we all know. I would love that. I would love, like, a little Gargamel sees his parents shot in the face behind a movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) He becomes Batman. What? Gargamel Batman. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be, Smurfs would be so much better if Batman was trying to catch them and eat them. (laughs) Who drew this episode of Smurfs? Oh, that was me, sir. What's wrong with you? Yeah, this is supposed to be Gargamel after the Smurfs. You drew yeah. Batman. Uh, sir, I, I know I took some liberties, but don't you think Batman's better? <laughs> Are those supposed to be the Smurfs? They look like tons of tiny little the Jokers. <laughs> it's just some stupid animator. Some, some stupid d- animator first day on Smurfs. Makes Gargamel Batman and all the Smurfs little jokers. I knew I shouldn't have hired my friend's nephew. All he can draw is Batman, Joker, and like this demon creature. Hey man. He'd make a great tattoo artist. Tough day on the job, man. Don't worry. You'll get the hang of it. When I first started working for the Smurfs, you know what I did my first day? I just drew the Flintstones over and over. (laughs) That's so stupid. In the 2011 Smurfs movie, and I think there have been more, the role of Gargamel was played by the actor Hank Azaria of Simpsons fame, and also I think he was in The Birdcage. Mm -hmm. And I watched a a little interview with, with Hank Azaria talking about getting, you know, creating the character of Gargamel for the 2011 film. And he was like, I, uh, it took me a while to come up with the, the voice for Gargamel because I didn't know if he should be a uh, Shakespearean actor voice or if it should be. And then he was like, but then I decided that he's more of an outsider immigrant type of guy, which seems to be the exact thing the Smurf should be uh, trying to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. imitate the cartoon, Hank. Yeah, yeah you might, Hank, you might have stumbled on something there that you didn't necessarily need to or want to. It's weird how, like, Hank Azaria is, like, yeah, he keeps getting these gigs where it's like, don't talk like yourself. Talk like a terrible stereotype for, like, so much money. When I first got cast as Apu, I thought, should I play him as a Shakespearean-type actor? But then I realized... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Simpsons when they created the creators when they created Apu, they were like, "Hank, play him however you see fit." <laughs> it was all up to Hank Azaria. <laughs> um, in- Welcome to the Quickie Mart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wait, why don't you come again? <laughs> um, here's a. I guess here's my final Gargamel fact. Trivia. The cartoon voice of Gargamel, the actor Paul Winchell, he didn't just do Gargamel, he also performed the voice of Winnie the Pooh. And as if that wasn't enough, he um, was one of the original inventors of the artificial heart. What? What the hell? Yeah. Is everybody more gifted than me or what? A voice actor made an artificial heart? Yeah. Every voice I actor I know is not smart <laughs> enough to do that. Wow. Can I do my That's impression insane. or try my best impression of Winnie the Pooh turning into Gargamel in the same moment? Sure. Oh, bother. Think, 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 think. Think, think, Smurfs! I hate Smurfs! Is that pretty good? Imagine being 
Imagine being in a waiting room for like a commercial uh, cartoon audition and it's like, um, how have auditions been going for you? Uh, not bad. I, I, you know, I got a call back for this uh, kid's, you know, teddy bear cartoon. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been working on this like artificial heart, but, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, in my spare time since uh, work's been slow, I created an artificial heart. Have you been doing any other... No, I just created a <laughs> flashlight <laughs> out of an old stuffed animal. The actor Paul Winchell must have had so much sex because not only is are like, you know, women are impressed by a successful man. They're impressed like, oh, he's Gargamel. Oh, he's also Winnie the Pooh. Not just that, you know, the whole yeah. heart thing. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Winnie the Pooh, they know he's tender. Gargamel, they know he's, you know, sexy. <laughs> So but you know, when did he invent the artificial heart? When did he? What what year did he invent the artificial heart? Because let's not forget how is... mu- how much technology has advanced since that time. Like back when he invented it, you could have just been able to whittle something like that with a jackknife and a piece of wood. <laughs> Look, was... I've made an artificial heart, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did he it do the give... voice when he'd put it in someone's body? <laughs> now we put this in. <laughs> <laughs> And someone's like, uh, pop one, the I think blood. maybe you should, shouldn't do the maybe you shouldn't do the voice in the operating room. <laughs> oh my god, you're the guy who does the gargamel voice, like the guy's still awake with his chest cut open. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we've I guess we've pinned the blame on Peo here and we've sort of exonerated Gargamel uh from he's <laughs> he's no longer guilty of any crimes, and Peo is. Um so we've dealt with that. I guess the last So question there is, should be a the a new Smurfs. Where Gargamel gets the Smurfs and mm-hmm. turns them to damn gold. Mm-hmm. You've earned a break. You've earned a retirement, Gargamel. So I guess the the last question for episode two, guys, did you have did you have some fun? Even though we went to some dark <laughs> places, in the end, did you have fun? I had I, a lot of fun, Michael. To be honest, uh, I, I had a lot of fun talking about the evil men again, once again. You know, I wouldn't want to be Gargamel, but I'm sure I sure am glad to know about him. The thing about Gargamel, and I'm going to sort of paraphrase uh, Dick Cavett here, is, you know, if I could talk to Gargamel, I'd say, well, there's only ever been one Gargamel, and you got to be him. <laughs> How about you, James? Do you have any final thoughts on Gargamel? Uh, I see you. Uh, I'm sure those gears are turning in the head. Yes, they certainly are. Um, well, you know, <laughs> taking Gargamel at face value, um, I think... He's a weird guy. He lives alone, like Chris says. He's in a he's in a castle. He's got a cat. He's trying to kill these little Smurfs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was neat to learn other sides of Gargamel as well. And um, is he evil? Well, from the Smurfs' perspective, yes. But from my perspective, maybe not. Yeah, he's a victim of having a racist creator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Well, that is a good point. God is kind of. Has some questionable views. Man, if you believe in God, all this shit that's going on in the world right now, like, who invented that? That's not a cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. You ain't cool, buddy. <laughs> so, I guess uh, that's Gargamel, guys. That's it. Um, that was great. Yeah. Great job, Mike. Yeah, Thank good you. work. So much info. Um, I had fun. Uh, I'm gonna, I guess I'll do... Uh, let's do our signature sign-offs. I'll... Uh, I'll uh, I'll go first. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to episode two of Evil Men. It's been my pleasure, my absolute privilege and honor to talk to you about Gargamel, and I'll, I hope to see you on episode three. Hey everyone, this is Chris Locke. Do you do I do one too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's our signature <laughs> sign off. I think we all say Evil Men at the same time. Well, we did that at the end of our signature sign. Okay. Hey everyone, oh, this is. I'm sorry. Hey everyone, this is Chris, and I had such a great time uh, chatting uh, with my friends and t- for you guys. And if I can leave you with any wisdom, please look in any garbage can you ever walk by. You never know what's going to be in there. It's not just food wrappers. My turn? Yes, please. Yes. Uh, hey everybody, that's it for me. My name is James, and um, definitely uh, thanks for listening. And um, I hope the sound of my voice gives you a little bit of an endorphin rush and uh made you feel good uh when you hear my beautiful voice and that you can take that throughout your day 
And think of me whenever you're feeling low. <laughs> That's really nice. Okay. On the count of three, let's all say evil men at the same time. One, two, three. Evil men. has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.